Shave Club razor wherever you want. Isn't that great? Out of bounds on the roar. Who do you play for? Play for the United States of America. After 35 long years, something I've been waiting 35 years. It's finally coming home, baby. It's coming home. You are looking live at Clemson Memorial Stadium in Clemson, South Carolina, where the game of the weekend is about to unfold. Calma, regresa al backfield. De John Watson, pase, touchdown, touchdown, Clemson, Clemson, un segundo. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. How great is this? This, this could be the final play of the college season, perhaps, if Clemson gets a touchdown to win it. If Bama can hold him out, perhaps a field goal attempt. For overtime, Watson, touchdown! Hunter Renfro, little man makes another enormous play. And Clemson runs out of the field and celebrates. They come to California and strike gold. And now, William Qualkenbush and Ben Milstead with Out of Bounds on the Roar. Welcome in. Glad to have you with us. We are live on the roar on a Wednesday, March the 1st, 2023. Thanks so much for joining us here on Out of Bounds. William Cloggenbush, Ben Milstead. We have not a lot of time, uh, and we got a lot to say today and a lot to discuss, a lot to do um, in about an hour uh, because of women's basketball and my duties there. We're going to jump off at 1 o'clock, so you have uh, only a short amount of time to get in. 654-ROAR on the phones. 654-7627 is the phone number you'd like to get in on the phones or on the Adams & Co. Roofing text line today. We're going to talk, of course, Clemson baseball last night, Clemson men's basketball last night. We're, we're going to have to talk about the uh, – I, I, I'm so tired of talking about uh, tragedies that involve with college students dying but we have to do that like every day on the program now because something of note happens. And so we'll obviously talk about the, uh, the Jalen Carter stuff that came out today and whatever you want to talk about, because again, we only have an hour. And so we, uh, we'll defer a little bit on that. Ben Milstead, you were in Charlottesville last night. Glad you got back safely into the upcountry fiber studios. How are you today, sir? I'm, I'm just, I'm just fine. That's my mic is really loud. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I it's we say it all the time. We don't know what day it is, but we're here, and I'm uh, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing your game this afternoon. Yeah, I'm very excited too. Clemson takes on Pittsburgh, uh, ten seed versus a fifteen seed. The ACC women's basketball tournament officially starts in about fifty minutes from now so uh it'll officially get underway about the time that we go off the air today uh and again uh, sarah joe lawrence and i will be uh will be going uh, uh live emanating live from greensboro coliseum at 315 i am at the uh downtown uh marriott in greensboro right now broadcasting the show got in last night after uh drove up it was about a 
And I stopped to get a quick bite to eat on the road. It was about a three-hour and 15 or three-hour and 20-minute drive from Greenville. Wasn't that bad. Not a lot of construction or traffic. So uh, glad to glad to be up here and hopefully going to stay for a little while as the Tigers look to make a little run. Um, ben, can I – I, I want to get this out of the way first. You know, I've, I've made some bad picks on this program before. And uh, I told Faxon I wasn't going to do this, but he convinced me to take the over in NC State Duke last night, which didn't mm-hmm. even come close to hitting. So I will throw Faxon under the bus. Uh, that was a Faxon pick, and I put 20 bucks on it, and I lost. Ben, I, I will admit to you, I was driving down the road, of course, listening to Don and Tim call uh, Clemson men's basketball. And do you know Clemson was a six-and-a-half-point underdog in that game, and the entire rest of the game, like it was clear that Clemson was not going to win the game. Mm-hmm. It was clear they weren't going to win the game. And they called timeout with five seconds left. And, Ben, I have to admit to you, my thought was you better trap and not foul because <laughs> Virginia had like 80 to 90% foul shooters on the floor. They took Vanderplus out who, I mean, he basically shot like a blindfolded man from the free throw line last night. Every single free throw, Don Munson goes, oh, he missed badly. Uh, every single one, it was like not a rim out. It was bad. And so they take him out. Ben, it made me so annoyed that they kept, like the game kept going from like five to seven and five to seven, and then I end up losing that by half a point. Kent State wins by seven. They're seven and a half point favorites. I lose by half a point. I just felt snake bit last night. I'm sure Eric Backage feels that way. I'm sure Brad Brownell feels that way a little bit. So that's the headspace I'm in today. I'm in very much a victim mentality. I'm trying to get out of that, but uh, I did feel a bit victimized by the late game, what happened late in the game in Charlottesville. You were there. I thought Don and Tim painted a great picture. It was it was incredibly vivid, and I felt I very much felt the uh, the ethos of the game. I really felt the emotion of the moment from a Clemson perspective. What did you see from a men's basketball standpoint from Clemson last night? I was aware of what the point spread was, so I I was aware how <laughs> important those two foul shots were by Virginia at the end of the game. Oh man! Uh, yeah, I I was aware. Um, random thoughts here, Quack. One, uh, Virginia, while they are they are nowhere near a good offensive team, their defense was exceptional last night. So first and foremost, man, I mean, a whole lot of credit to those guys. Watching Kihei Clark uh, guard anybody that had the ball for Clemson. He's, he was primarily on Chase Hunter, but... Uh, just watching that guy courtside and the way that he just does not let you breathe. He puts his hand down low, quack near the ground. I mean, really near your shoes because he knows that the ball has to come there, especially when you're, you know, when you're uh, dribbling from hand to hand. He just makes it incredibly difficult. And, and I've seen him play uh, too many times to count now. But last night, I, I thought he was exceptional in just disrupting uh, Virginia's defense. That's what they're known for. They're very good at it. Uh, I, I felt like they were next level good last night. I, I really did. So, I, I mean, before we say anything else, they get a lot of credit. They, uh, I do watch them, and I wonder why they're not better offensively because they just they do such a great job of passing you open. I mean, they, they pass to the open space better than any team Clemson has played this year. Problem is they don't hit the shots always. Uh, and 
you know, really, if Virginia is a you know a top two or three team in the nation, if they if they could shoot a decent percentage, uh, I mean, I I really I think they're they do all the other things that well. They just don't do the most important thing very well. Um, are, am I with you so far? Yeah, and you know, a couple things on that. First of all, you could definitely tell um, by listening to Don and Tim. I could tell that Virginia was really dialed in on the defensive end of the floor because Clemson was just not getting a lot of open looks. You could definitely tell that ball movement was a little bit bothered and hindered in terms of reversal. You know, I mean, Terrence Oglesby was on with us yesterday. He said you have to reverse the ball and you have to play off the second and third side, but it felt more difficult for Clemson to get the ball there. Um, I know Brad Brownell was asked in the postgame, uh, you know, did you feel like P.J. got enough touches? And he said, I mean, maybe we could have thrown it in, but they're trying to keep it out of there. And I think, what, P.J. had 13 shots in the game. Um, he was very good, but, uh, he, I mean, he he did touch it a, a fair amount, um, had nine rebounds, did a good job there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it felt like, you know, Clemson's playing fine. Maybe um, a couple times didn't take advantage of opportunity, especially, uh, you know, all the misses early in the game. If Clemson makes a couple more baskets and, you know, is sort of the first team to get engaged when Virginia's going 0 for 8, it feels like maybe a different game. I will say this, man. I I have never swung more wildly, and I know this because I have measured my swings over a 19-year period that is Kihei Clark's playing career. I have never swung more wildly for and against a player because he will have games like last night. You're talking, about, you're talking only, about Clark? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Where he only has five points, but he has six assists to one turnover. He's an absolute menace on defense. I mean, there are times where he makes like one shot, but it's the biggest shot of the game. And you look at his stat line and you go, this guy is not remotely serviceable. But if you actually watch the game, you see all the different ways that he impacts the proceedings. So that, that to me is number one uh, from, from last night. Number two, and this is, something that, this is something that somebody asked me about already this morning and that, uh, that I could tell a little bit late in the game. There was some frustration from, uh, from Tim Beret on the call. But because I didn't see it except for a few spotty clips here and there that I kind of looked up to kind of get some context, Ben Clemson had 32 points in the paint. Uh, 60% of their shot attempts were from two in the game. So, obviously, Clemson was getting the ball inside. Virginia was whistled for 10 fouls for a team that relentlessly defends, four of those coming from a nondescript player that played nine minutes. So, like, they, they had three players that played 32 or more minutes and didn't foul a singular time in a basketball game where the opposing team has 32 points in the paint or, and where they themselves – Shot 22 free throws. Uh, Brad Brownell was asked about this. He gave the nice political answer. And I, I do think that there was some truth behind it where he said we got to be a little bit tougher in finishing plays. Ben, I, just looking at that, there, there's something that seems a little off. Am I on the right track there, or was that something hmm. that is not really a factor in this game? Well, I, I'm a little torn on this, uh, honestly, and I'm, I'll tell you why. Um I like I'm not I don't want people to think that that that's an excuse for why they lost. I I don't personally feel like it was 
but there there's several people on the Adams and Co. Roofing text line asking us about uh, a fish uh, about how Virginia played. I wasn't as bothered because the officials were at least consistent and, and they didn't really change how they called the game from the first half to the second half. Um, I, the style that the officials chose to call last night was an advantage to what Virginia, the way Virginia wants to play. If that is a game, if that's a Ted Valentine called game where you're getting ticky tack fouls, Virginia's got multiple guys fouled out. But because it was not called that way, and the officials, uh, I'll give you a, an example. One of the things that was obvious is that there there were, there's moving screens all over the court for Virginia. Uh, they do a little side uh, screen, little where everybody rolls off the same guy. And he's, it's, it's like he's playing whack-a-mole as you're coming around him. Yep. He's just moving side to side like, okay, let me block this guy. Let me block this guy. Let me block. But the rest never called it one time. A lot of games that gets called and then Virginia's screwed. But that's the way they chose to play, to call it. As long as they're consistent in the way they call a game, I, I don't really have an issue with it. Um, with that said, though, it is it is a little odd that you you play a game th- that guards as tight as Virginia does, and you go to the line five times. Two of those times were your your first two points in a game. So in effect, the the last thirty six minutes of the ball game, uh, you went to the line three times. That's that's odd. I'm not gonna lie, that's odd. But again, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying offering that as an excuse. Virginia played better than Clemson did. Uh, uh, officiating aside, Clemson played better than Clem- Virginia played better than Clemson. I, I think both were exceptionally good defense. Clemson's defense was really good last night too, um, but it it came back to that old bugaboo where you're just not hitting shots, and you know, the, Virginia you open up with a five zero lead and then Virginia outscores you seventeen to two. You miss some open shots. You force some in that stretch, but you miss some open three-pointers in that stretch also. And had you knocked those down and kept out of game early, then you're not playing catch-up the whole game. And you know, Clemson would, would make a pretty good drive and score a couple baskets in a row, but then Virginia would do the same thing. It's like, it's like both teams got hot at the same time, and you just never could close that gap. That's right, and that 17-2 run for Virginia, that was honestly, that was the difference in the game, right? I mean, early in the game. Now, again, there's 30 minutes that were played after that run, but if you look at the ebbs and flows, they had another 9-0 run in the in the second half, but to me, that's when they seized control of the game, and to your point, Clemson was on the comeback trail for the entire rest of the game. If that, if that run is cut in half, if it's just 9-2, and Clemson's able to stop it there, then you're looking at a game that's more back and forth because, I mean, like you said, Clemson, you know, Clemson cut it to three a couple of times. They had a chance uh, late in the game with a couple possessions. I think they were down four, uh, you know, with less than a minute left and got the ball back and just couldn't do anything with it. They were down seven, got the ball, couldn't do anything with it a couple of times. And so they had some opportunities to make it a little bit more of a competitive game, and they continue to fight. I know uh, both coaches actually had comments after the game about the fight and the tenacity of the two teams, and I, 
I mean, you could again. I, I'm I'm going from radio. You could tell that it was a physically imposing game and a physically uh, difficult game to play on both sides of the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just no question about that. Well, like like I say, I'll kind of point counterpoint here. Uh, it is a fact that you went to the line three times in 36 minutes against a team that is in your face and swiping at the ball and guarding hard. And that is unusual. I mean, I, I don't care what color glasses you wear today. That is un- unusual. My counterpoint to that, though, is that there were several times that you tried to drive the lane and got blocked or lost the ball, and that and they were not fouls. And those are areas where a lot, you know, where you will pick up fouls most of the time. Uh, Brevin Galloway tried it a couple times, and it just wasn't successful. And then the team just kind of stopped. So mm. while it's true the officials let a lot of things go, Clemson players did not put themselves in a position to get fouled, if that makes sense, and mainly by trying to take it to the hole. Uh, and when you did, Virginia did a good job of stopping it and blocking you. So, I mean, there's, there's some of it I can explain why the, the disparity is so bad. Some of it, it's a little curious. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, more basketball. We'll talk baseball. We'll talk whatever you want. 654-ROAR is the number. You want to get in on the phones. Back after this. The Pendleton Tire Company wants you to have a tire as strong as you are. The Michelin Defender LTX is ready for the tough jobs and the long hauls. It holds up to tough conditions and will keep you rolling strong with confidence. Give Zach or Joey a call at 864-646-3694. Michelin Tires and the Pendleton Tire Company. A winning combination since 1973. PendletonTire.com. Rely on the pros in EnviroMulch for all your outdoor needs. They have an assortment of mulch, riverstone, dirt, sand, gravel, straw, and much more. Choose EnviroMulch. Make your yard look amazing during the colder months ahead. Order at EnviroMulchOnline.com. Go Tigers! How can you experience the ultimate in luxury while also getting the best possible value at the same place? Seems contradictory, right? Well, it happens every day at Diamonds Direct as we bring together the best of all worlds for our customers. We take pride in our showroom atmosphere being both lavish and relaxing. It's our selection, which is truly breathtaking and yet attainable. It's our diamond experts who are technical in their knowledge, but at the same time, warm, engaging, and caring. This is what makes Diamonds Direct a unique and captivating place where we constantly challenge the norms and redefine shopping expectations. Regardless of whether you want a simple gold band or the most intricate custom design ring, we love making it happen. And whether you're in a t-shirt and shorts or a three-piece suit, you'll be treated like family and we'll go out of our way to make you comfortable and happy. Come and experience a different kind of jeweler where we're as practical as we are romantic. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Directions and store hours online at DiamondsDirect.com. Craft Stove Store and Patio is here to help your home stay warm and cozy until spring with over 20 burning displays of vented and vent-free gas logs. Vent-free logs will heat for just pennies an hour and even keep you warm and cozy in the event of a power failure. Craft Stove Store and Patio even features the radiant heating vented gas logs that have a real fire look and radiant heat. Visit Craft Stove Store and Patio located on 3002 Wade Hampton Boulevard, Taylor's. Craft Stove Store and Patio. 
Poor indoor air quality can significantly decrease your quality of life by experiencing sinus infections, allergies, respiratory issues, and headaches. An easy-to-install device called UV Photomax uses purifying blue light to zap bacteria, mold, viruses before they enter your home's air vents. Purify the air your family breathes and help protect them from mold, bacteria, and viruses with the UV Photomax from Estes Heating and Air. Serving Oconee, Pickens, Greenville, and surrounding areas. Visit EstesHeatingAir.com today for more information. Winning multiple Ford President's Awards and top-notch online reviews are two reasons why George Coleman Ford should be your choice for your next new or pre-owned vehicle. Every week, customers like you post online reviews raving about the buying experience at George Coleman Ford. It's like nothing they've experienced. No hidden fees and straight-up honest customer service. And with new inventory arriving monthly, George Coleman Ford is committed to satisfying you. The best is found in Traveler's Rest, George Coleman Ford. Race for the Green date is getting closer. It's March 11th. If you want to go ahead and sign up, you can do that. Sign up today while we still have some openings that guarantee you a T-shirt and a great swag bag. RunSignUp.com. We've got a fun run for the kids, 12 and under. Going to start at 8 o'clock. 5K starts right after that. You can walk that. And several people have said they want to walk the 5K. You can do that. Half marathon starts right after that. And remember, there's a four-hour time limit on that. Party starts at 8 o'clock. Julian Davis going to roll up and give away a great prize for the best dress St. Patrick's Day theme, music, live DJ, drawings for a beautiful emerald necklace from Bradley's Jewelers, great swag every year, trucker's hat, race shirt, sesquicentennial medal just for completing any of the races, cash prizes, you'll need to check the website for more information on that, great giveaways for placing in your age division. I'd like to thank some sponsors, Upstate Medical Associates, 313 Cafe, where we do the package pickup, and Santee Cooper. You want to know more, Seneca SC events or the website at www.sunnycooper.com. What do you mean he went searching for fresher powder? We have full classes today. Instructor down at Vesper Ski School. Toward each other to snowplow, honey, not away. She needs more ski instructors to slalom through the day-to-day. Pizza? Fries? Whoa, Braley, no! Pizza, pizza! Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. The Bojangler's back at Bojangles. A crispy fish fillet dusted with Bo's famous seasoning. With the same bold flavor as their chicken and fries. Hook one while you can. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. With the largest coverage of any sports talk station in the Upstate. Bring back the option. Nobody does it better than us. We're 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar, where every day is game day. We press on hour one, continues out of bounds. Here's a question before we go to Dave and Charlotte on the phones. Texter says this. I want to make sure I just quote it directly. From the 803 on the Adams Groving text line, why doesn't Clemson just post up Clark? Uh, and I would say that's a great question. And it's a complicated answer that basically boils down to this. Virginia doesn't let you post up Clark. Uh, when Clark gets switched on the perimeter, they rotate and switch back, and they don't leave him exposed. They are very good at covering up what should be a horrible weakness. If you recall, a, a lot of, like, I'll, I'll use Purdue as an example. 
Purdue was a pretty good defensive team, except for last year when they were very good when they had Jaden Ivey and everybody. And then teams would just, like, relentlessly attack their weakness, which was put Zach Eady in a 1-5 ball screen, get a switch, and then just go directly at him. He could not stop them, and they had no answer because they didn't have good enough defenders. Virginia's system doesn't allow there to be any weaknesses because the weaknesses they have, they shore up by basically sharing space. Uh, That's the best way that I can probably explain the pack line is that it is man-to-man, and they do switch a bit, but they're also fighting over the top of screen sometimes, and if he does get switched onto a big, they're not just going to let somebody back him all the way down without doubling or trapping or switching or something like that. It it sounds nice in theory, but you're not going to be able to do it. I, is that uh, fair, Ben? Yeah, I. One of the things Virginia did well, I like. I'm sitting here trying to figure out how they're communicating on the court, what it is they're going to do defensively, as, mainly on PJ Hall. Are, are you doubling this time? Or are you not doubling this time? And like, I'm I'm watching. That's all I'm watching for to try to figure out how it is they're relaying that to the guys on the court or or amongst themselves. And that was one of the the tough things to to decide is okay, are are they bringing the double this time? Because when they brought it, I mean they brought it quick. But they didn't do it every time. Um the same would have was the same would have been true with with uh with trying to post up Clark because the moment you did it there was going there would have been help. I mean, there's no doubt about it. There would there would have been help. Um, you know, now could you have tried that a few times? Yeah, I mean, maybe, but I doubt it would have worked. Um, PJ Hall was the only player, the only matchup where I felt like you had a decided advantage, with the assumption Hunter Tyson wasn't going to hit three pointers last night, and early on he he didn't. Um, you know. He he took some bad shots, but he he missed some open shots too. Hunter Tyson shooting threes, PJ Hall posting up whoever tried to defend him. Nobody nobody was successful in stopping him. Those were the only two places that I felt like you had an advantage. That that's exactly right. Uh, and for more on this game, let's go to the phones. Dave and Charlotte wants to talk about Clemson basketball. Six five four Roar is the number. You want to join him? What's up, Dave? Hey, Qual, hope you're doing well. Um, yes, sir. I'm going to put you on the spot here. I know the committee is unpredictable, to say the least. But uh, how many more wins do you think, A, we have a chance at the big dance, and B, can guarantee a spot in the tournament? Uh, without knowing what is in front of Clemson in terms of, you know, whether you get a top 50 net team and that 4-5 matchup or whatever the case may be, um, and then, you know, whatever happens after that, I think you need to win two more games. And I think you absolutely can't lose the Notre Dame game on Saturday. Uh, if you do that, then all of this that they've done, the NC State win's not going to matter. You've just got two... You've got too many bad losses, and you continue to compound bad losses late in the year that sort of erase all the goodwill that you built up. So I think you have to win that one, and then you have to win. You have to get a quad one win in the tournament, in my opinion, uh, in order to have more quad one wins than you have bad losses. That's how you get the attention of the committee when you have a resume like Clemson's that also will potentially get you up inside the top 50 
depending on what else happens. And look, that could all change based on what happens around Clemson on the bubble. If a bunch of teams play their way out, uh, you know, it, it could change it. If a bunch of teams on the bubble start winning you know, having better wins than perhaps the, you know, the, the bar is raised for Clemson. As I look at it right now, I think you need to win your next two games. And if the, for whatever reason, if you end up in a situation where your first game in the ACC tournament is not against a quad one, then you need to keep winning until you get a quad one win. That's, that's my opinion. Now, if you went to the championship game, if you're playing for the ACC championship as a top four seed, uh, you're going probably. So at that point, it would be the weight of quantity and what you've done at the end, they're not going to keep you out. You might be playing in Dayton, but they're not going to keep you out. But I just think the easiest path for Clemson is beat Notre Dame, win a quad one game in your first game in the ACC tournament, and I think that's probably good enough. Would you say, I was I was thinking about this earlier, in a strange way, having the double bye more or less gives us less of a chance of a, another win and therefore hurts our resume if we if we can't play an easier team early in the tournament or is that well, thinking about it too much here's what i would say i don't think the number of wins matters as much as the quant- the quality of that win so the only thing that you would get um, the only thing that you would get the opportunity to do if you didn't have the double buy was you beat, like, let's say you're, you're the five seed and you're facing the winner of the 12-13, then you know if you win that game, you're getting a, a, a top 50 opportunity, more than likely. You're getting an opportunity in a, in a quad one situation to beat somebody on a neutral floor. If you have the double buy, that first game doesn't have to be a quad one because the five seed could get upset by the 12 or the 13, it just there's a little more variance. You kind of have to wait on somebody. From that standpoint, I would say it it, it makes it a little less predictable. Um, but also, you have to play one less game. And quite honestly, at this point, if if Clemson were to beat Notre Dame and then win a game as a five seed over a twelve or a thirteen seed, like a you know a Florida State or somebody like that. Um, I don't even know who's down there right now. A Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Louisville, that type of the Georgia Tech, that type of team. Uh, I don't think that's getting anybody's attention, even if they play a competitive game against a, a, a top fifty. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure, sure. So, quality versus quantity, and yeah, yeah, I understand. Okay, all right. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the phone Thanks. call. Uh, you know, I, I, I think, Ben, I think a lot of people have that question. And, we, you know, we talked Monday, and I think we're on the same page, uh, that maybe I, th- I think the bar is set too high for Clemson right now, but I do think we're, we're dealing in real-world terms. Uh, Clemson dropped a couple of spots in the net rating last night um, after the loss. It was, not a, it was not a significantly damaging loss because they played fine, and as long as you play well and you're playing good teams, you're, you know, you're not going to get dinged too much. But I, I do think they they need to face and beat a good opponent unless they can go on a run and make the championship game in the tournament. And again, it may not be right, it may not be fair, it may not fit what we know to be true or what we think we know to be true, but I kind of think that's the situation that they're in, which is kind of why last night was so important because I think if Clemson were to go there to Virginia and win and then beat Notre Dame, then you're in everybody's bracket when the tournament starts. And barring an upset loss, you're not – you're not going to leave that tournament field, I don't think. Is that again? Is that a is that a fair way to characterize what what's in front of this team? 
I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> I I don't know because I'm still I'm still of the opinion that Clemson should be in right now. As they, I mean, regardless of winning or losing last night. Uh, I mean, one way that you could look at last night's game was that it it was a play-in game, and and I get that. I've heard that argument. It's a valid argument. I get my pushback would be last night shouldn't have you shouldn't have been considered that in the first place. Your resume was good enough going into last night's game where it should have only helped you in the net. And as it turned out, it didn't even help you in the net, which I, I just don't understand. But um, So you asked me what they have left to do. I think they've already done enough. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it takes. Well, I mean, and- I, I don't know how you can – I don't know how you can still consider, you know, North Carolina in or, or last – you know, right on the on the cut, and Clemson far behind them. I, I don't I don't understand that at all. Well, it goes to what Brad Brownell said now multiple press conferences, and you know I think he's right to be frustrated by this. Uh, he keeps going back to the year that uh, Clemson and NC State didn't go to the tournament, even though they were top thirty five in the net, and they said you don't have enough quad one wins. Well, North Carolina right now is in that exact same situation, and maybe they don't get in with that resume, but they're in that exact same situation where they've played a little bit tougher schedule, they've had a couple of nice wins, they've had one quad one win, and they've played better sometimes, but they also have been underwhelming at times, especially for a team that was preseason number one. And right now, Joe Lenardi has North Carolina the first team out, and Clemson, who has four quad one wins, they have a winning record against quad one and quad two, and they have multiple wins against quality opponents on their home floor. They are the top of the next four out behind a team like Oklahoma State that hasn't won a game since before Valentine's Day, Michigan, and Utah State. And Michigan's like a 500 – I mean, Michigan's not any good. Michigan's proven they can lose to anybody and everybody. They just play a Big Ten schedule, and so we make believe that they're better because they're losing to better teams. Oklahoma State and Michigan are not good basketball teams. I'll even say North Carolina is a fine basketball team, especially when all the pieces are together. And I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna typecast against Utah State. They've got a game tonight. Uh, they're playing at UNLV, and so the Tigers may get the benefit of that. Clemson is better than Oklahoma State and Michigan. I know for a fact. How in the world that's not the case? I, I have no idea how somebody can justify Oklahoma State and Michigan other than, again, by the company you keep and not by the way that you're playing or anybody that's actually watching the games. It just doesn't make a lick of sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I I kind of think North Carolina I, – I bring up North Carolina just because your, your body of work is so similar uh, and being in the same conference and, you know, how one that's – far behind you in the standings is ahead of you in that i i, I still don't get it uh, i mean I, I think north carolina i, I don't want to play north carolina in the first round of a ncaa tournament either i mean i you know while they, yeah. they they've certainly underachieved this year still doesn't mean they're they're not uh a caliber of playing in the in march madness same as Clemson. By the way, I, I did want to say one thing. I, I heard the uh, the expert North Carolina fan on Mickey show this morning. Uh, you know, talk well. Well, Clemson Clemson's wins have come against bad teams. Clemson's ACC record is what it is because they've played bad teams. Uh, would it Would it shock you to know that uh, that Clemson's 
in Clemson's wins in the ACC conference this year, their opponent has won 45% of their games. Not not great. So the the wins the the opponents have won 45% of their games. Would it shock you to know North Carolina's opponents, the teams that they've beaten in the ACC this year, is 41%? Interesting. I mean, so you can you can tell me how bad Clemson's wins are in the conference. Just you need to acknowledge yours are worse. That's all. That you know what that you know what that argument is truly. That is North Carolina has lost to better teams. That's what that is. North Carolina has lost to better teams, and because Clemson played weaker teams, they've got more wins. So you're trying to use some roundabout math that's too cute by half. It just do, it, it doesn't fly. It doesn't pass the smell test to say that. And uh, I would just say you know. North Carolina, when you get up 20 on the road at Florida State, like let's try to not make it close at the end. By the way, um, the the teams that North Carolina has beaten away from home this year in the conference, if we can just compare those, they've won road games at Louisville, Notre Dame, uh, and Florida State and Syracuse. Real uh, murderer's row there. They've really gone into some tough places and beat some quality opponents uh, away from home. That's that's fantastic. All right, let's take a break. When we, oh, by the way, I forgot the neutral side game against Ohio State that hasn't won a game since the calendar flipped. Let's uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll have more of this conversation. People are asking about baseball. We'll talk about that next. M&J Auto Parts is your local independent auto parts warehouse. If you have an import, domestic, or slingshot vehicle, we have the parts you need. With over 100 years of staff experience, we'll get you back on the road quickly and affordably. We have also partnered with Jasper Engines and carry rough country off-roading parts. All parts carry a national warranty, so if a part fails, you are covered. Visit our warehouse, 106 West Wade Hampton Boulevard, Greer, or call us at 864-469-9389. We are here to help you. M&J Auto Parts. We've all been there, rushing to the restroom in a public place, and bam, you're hit with that out-of-order sign. Business owners know this story all too well. Don't let this be your patron's problem. Leave it to the plumbing experts. Timing is everything in the business world, and you don't want to lose business because your customers can't do theirs. Call the plumbing experts for maintenance or unexpected plumbing issues. They've got your back. Visit theplumbingexperts.com to schedule your next appointment. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. McNeely Store and Rental, your hometown local steel dealer for sales and service. With spring around the corner, steel has leaf blowers, trimmers, chainsaws, and mowers that'll make your life simple. With both gas and electric models, our AK Battery Homeowner Systems start at just $199.99. They're not sold at Home Depot or Lowe's. Two convenient locations in Clemson and West Union. Learn more at McNeelyStoreAndRental.SteelDealer.net. Call 654-9187-Clemson or 718-1449-West Union. Get ready to slam dunk those dirty carpets with zero res carpet and air duct cleaning. As the madness of March approaches, it's time to get your home in order. Zero res uses no harsh chemicals, leaving your carpets safe for your family and your pets. 
Whether you're hosting a watch party or just need a refresh, the cleaning pros at Zero Res have you covered. Right now, mention my name, Mickey Plowler, at The Roar, and you'll get three rooms of carpet clean for only $119. Book online at ZeroResGreenville.com. Hartwell Village is the ultimate one-stop shopping experience at the intersection of Tiger Boulevard and Pendleton Road in Seneca. With 15-plus retail and dining locations, including Marshall's, Petco, Five Below, Uptown Cheapskate, Ulta, and don't forget to refuel at Starbucks, Tipsy Taco, Five Guys, and the Whimsy Cookie Company. Hartwell Village wishes our Clemson fans a happy shopping experience and a fantastic year. Go Tigers! Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for the needle in the haystack four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day ZipRecruiter the smartest way to hire and right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free that's right free just go to this exclusive web address ZipRecruiter.com slash free that's ZipRecruiter.com slash free ZipRecruiter.com slash free Carolina Auto Connection, the little dealer with a big heart. Celebrating 14 years serving the upstate. With no haggle pricing and no dealer fees, their customers come from all over the world. They have the lowest prices on the best pre-owned vehicles. Their staff is straightforward and honest. All vehicles are 49-point inspected and serviced, so you can buy with confidence. Carolina Auto Connection, 1434 Boiling Springs Road, just off I-85 Spartanburg. Call 864-814-DEAL for an appointment or carolinaautoconnection.com. Check out the Press Box with Brad and John every weekday morning from 9 to noon here on The Roar. Brad and John will get you caught up on all things college football, from Group of Five to Power Five, Clemson football, coaching carousel, and more. Brad and John also keep you up to date with everything in college athletics, as well as the Atlanta Braves. Check it out each morning on 105.5 and 97.5 FM, or tune in on our app or website, theroarfm.com. If you want the full Roar experience, go check out theroarfm.com for all the latest updates and podcasts. We're 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. I'm the kind of brother who's been doing it my way, getting my bed for years in my career. And every lover, y'all, in and out my life, I hear love and left the tears without a care. All right, hour one continues, and coincidentally, uh, final segment of the show today uh, as we uh, get ready for the the ACC Women's Basketball Tournament. The Tigers taking on 15th seeded Pittsburgh. I'm going to throw just a couple just a couple nuggets out at you to ponder over to meditate on in the couple hours between when we go off and uh, when pregame starts at 3:15. Sarah Joe Lawrence and I will uh, will be on the air from Greensboro Coliseum later on this afternoon. Uh, we do want to get to some baseball. I want to say a thing or two about um, about Jalen Carter if we can. But first, let's go to the phones. Scott in Greenville joins us next. What's up, Scott? Qualk, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, man. Thanks for getting in. 
Yeah, man, I, I've been all over the place this thing today. I agreed with the North Carolina call. I even called you, uh, Brad, and then agreeing with him and talking. But as I dissect this Clemson schedule a little further, man, you also got to look at it from the standpoint, or I, I've decided to look at it from the standpoint, where we're beating up on the bottom feeders of the ACC, yes, but you also have win over Pittsburgh, who's sitting in first place right now, correct? Second place? That's right. Um, you also have a win over Duke. Uh, you have a a three was it three point loss to Miami four point loss to Miami four point loss that's right. You also have you have a three point loss to Iowa who's ranked top twenty five right now seventh place in the Big Ten. Um, so that tells me that we're not terrible. You know we're not where we usually are. Uh, we're we're doing really well. Is the it looks like if things play out the way they are now, we're going to play Duke first round or our first game in the ACC tournament. More than uh, that's correct. Yes, uh, if Clemson yeah. wins, if Clemson wins against Notre Dame on Saturday, they will lock up a top four seed, and Duke okay. can't fall further than fifth. Okay, so saying that, we we should be playing Duke our first game. Is the Duke Clemson game winners in, or is Duke already in? Oh, Duke's in. How you feel about? It? Yeah, yeah D- Duke's, Duke's in. in. Duke's in the tournament, because again, because Nike sets up some nice, cushy uh, quad one neutral site <laughs> tournaments for them to play in. Right. And, uh, you know, they, they get they get to play neutral games against quality opponents, and, you know, and Clemson doesn't get that. And then and then people right. shame Clemson for not having a good non-conference schedule when uh, they, they do North Carolina and Duke's work for them on that, you know, in that regard. And, and if everybody that, even myself, that has, bashed or, or said something about Clemson beating up on the bottom teams of the of the ACC. Nobody knew that Louisville was going to be what they are. Nobody knew that Virginia Tech was going to be like they are. I mean, Virginia Tech won the league last year. Right. No, so, that's, that's right. And you know what? Virginia you know, Tech, I mean, to me, Virginia Tech is a perfect example of a team that, like, they have an injury and you think they're going to be one thing. And like you said, they end up not being one thing. Now, I would also point out point out this that injury may have helped Clemson because Clemson didn't blow them out on the road you know you can make the argument that maybe uh, that that maybe if they're fully funded I know Clemson wasn't fully funded there either but uh, if Couture plays in that first game in Blacksburg maybe Clemson doesn't win so uh, it's a little bit of a tricky dance to do there but I I agree with the general premise you're throwing out there and our shots against Miami we weren't hitting anything so hardly so and we still we're in that game within three points so you know is the sky falling no should we be in the dance Ben? i absolutely we should be in the dance i i hope that we're there i hope we get that invite but you know we'll, we'll see what happens but take care of business of what's in front of us and the rest of it won't matter so enjoy the show guys take care thanks very much scott appreciate the phone call let's go to mike and anderson who's up with us next what's up mike uh not much clark thanks for getting me in i know you're pushing yes, sir. time uh, I also heard uh, Zeke on Mickey's show this morning, and while I, I got a, he did make a point. I think it's a valid point, but on the other side of the coin, I'm with Ben. I know the ACC is down this year, but it seems to me with the Tigers' record, uh, and I know you talked earlier about it's not so much quantity of wins, quality of wins. If you look at the people they have beaten, as Scott just pointed out, I think they should already be in, and a lot of people have talked about this, if North Carolina, Duke, Virginia, 
whatever were on the front of their jerseys, they would already be in, I think. But the the reason I, I say this, based on Ben's comments, you're, you're talking about the committee. Will the committee, when they are deciding who is in the tournament and who's not, assuming uh, the Tigers beat Notre Dame this weekend and hopefully win one game in the tournament, will they look at their conference record and say, yeah, but eight of their wins are against the bottom five or whatever, as, uh, as Zeke was talking about this morning. And that would be my question for you, Clark. Thanks a lot. Thanks very much, Mike. Appreciate the phone call. Can I, I, sure. can I just, the simple answer is we don't know what they look at, right? That is the uh, simple answer. And, yes. and look, if, if you want to look at that for Clemson, okay, that's fine. My pushback to that would be just make sure you do that for everybody. So make sure you do that for Duke. Make sure you do that, especially for North Carolina. Make sure you do that for NC State or anybody else that you have in the tournament from the ACC. If you're going to say, you know, because I, cause I just told you, I mean, it's not stats I'm making up. Clemson's got Clemson's opponents have a better win percentage than North Carolina's do. So I, I'm fine if that's the metric the committee wants to use. Just do it consistently across the board. Well, and what if I told you, Ben, that as it stands right now, Clemson and North Carolina have the same number of quad one and two wins. Clemson has seven. North Carolina has seven. And so we'll just do that. We'll be as gracious as possible to North Carolina. The only difference is Clemson has five quad one and two losses combined, and North Carolina has 11 mm-hmm. quad one and quad two losses. And so that goes to the point. You're literally saying between Clemson and North Carolina, who lost to better teams? That's the difference. If you put North Carolina in over Clemson, Clemson clearly has a better quality of win than North Carolina does. Clearly, across the schedule, who did you beat? Clemson has beaten more quality teams with the opportunities that they've had, or at least roughly equal. The only reason that North Carolina's metrics are better than Clemson's is because of games that North Carolina lost. And I will go back to this. Clemson is not getting Nike to set them up with cushy non-conference games in Portland, Oregon, at the Phil Knight Invitational. Jumpman isn't doing Clemson's dirty work for them. And so to blame Clemson for something because they don't get the same treatment that North Carolina does because they don't get the cushy set up with Iowa State and Alabama. And they don't get the cushy set up with Indiana on the road. And they don't get the cushy set up with Ohio State and Michigan on neutral sites. They don't get that. So to say, well, Clemson should have scheduled better. Well, if North Carolina had to make their own schedule and they didn't get any help whatsoever, then maybe North Carolina's schedule looks a little different. I'm looking at Duke. Duke is the same way. If Duke didn't get help from Nike about scheduling all these tournaments and help from ESPN about scheduling these tournaments, these neutral site games against Kansas, Clemson's not scheduling Kansas. Let's not act like every school has the same agency when it comes to being able to corral a crap ton of quad one opponents in the non-conference. That, that, is, that is one of my big frustrations here, that Clemson is – people are thumbing their nose at Clemson and they're tisk-tisking and shame-shaming Clemson when in reality it's not like Duke and North Carolina are out there beating the bushes and getting you know, everybody and their brother to come play them. They have other intermediaries and third parties trying to do that. So um, Yeah, and two quick points. One, I – I'm of the opinion North Carolina and Clemson both should get in. So I don't – I only mention North Carolina because they are the closest uh, peer in that 
just missed the tournament grouping. I think I think they're both tournament team. Let, I'm gonna have to read this word for word uh, from Tim Beret, or otherwise I will screw this up. But this is interesting. Clemson is four and three versus quad one. That is fourth best win percentage versus quad one among schools in the 17 to 80th overall net ranking. So you take 17th to 80th in the net. Clemson is the fourth team, fourth place team there in quad one wins. Mm. But yet they are they are near the bottom of that group in the net. Interesting. Yeah. So Boy. I mean, I, my my uh, spare me, you know, save me uh, having to embarrass you about saying Clemson hasn't played, hadn't beaten anybody. I, I mean, I think we we're proving that we have i i think uh i think you're 100 percent right about that and i think most reasonable people would uh would come to that conclusion that it's at, at the very at the most charitable it's an overstatement and it's really it's just flat out false yeah and and that's a, that's win percentage by the way um what is uh, your quick thought on baseball that you saw last night well, I mean, I have lots of thoughts. I'm going to try to summarize, and we'll get to more of that tomorrow. And we are going to run out of time to discuss the Jalen Carter breaking news from this morning, but I have made many notes on that, and so we'll get to that when we have a full show tomorrow. Um, as far as baseball is concerned, look, I, I said this. I felt like they offensively they played well enough to win both games on the weekend that they lost Saturday and Sunday. Um uh, and I would throw out Friday's game as the result of a rain delay. I, I don't think Eric Backich would do that. Um, I don't think he feels that way, but that's just what I would do from a uh, from a, a, uh, a, a sort of impartial observer watching from 50,000 feet above. Yesterday, it's simply this. You had three run scoring opportunities, and you didn't put the ball in play. Or when you did, you had a base running issue. Uh, last night, here are the three. Uh, the Clemson left two on base in the third. They had runners at second and third with one out and struck out for the second out and then grounded out to end the inning. Uh, Could have gotten runs there and ballooned a lead. Uh, you got back-to-back doubles in the sixth and ended up with the bases loaded and one out, lined into a double play. Never should have never done that. Bad base running there by a veteran player. And then in the seventh inning, you got runners at uh, second and third with nobody out and fly out. Actually, you got runners at second, third with one out. Strike out, strike out. Three opportunities to score runs. Didn't do it in those uh, in those situations. And then furthermore, you know, I was a little down on the pitching from the weekend. I thought the pitching was pretty good last night. Um, you had one guy, Nick Hoffman, again, a veteran player, who came in and gave up five base runners without getting anybody out. That was the difference in the game, period. Uh, and I will expand more on that coming up this weekend because there are other questions about rotation. Eric Backage meet with the media last night, basically put everything up in the air as far as the weekend goes. There, there are some other takeaways for sure that I've had about uh, about this team and their four-game losing streak. Uh, and for the folks who are waiting on me to eat crow, I'll just tell you, uh, we are one-seventh of the way through the season, and this team will be very good by the end of the season. Just just mark my words on that. Just just wait on it. God bless. We'll see you in a couple hours. WCCP-FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville-Anderson, WAHT-AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar.
Except for the fact that Marty wanted to take a sports almanac back. Yeah, which is what everyone Every would do. Every person would have like, done. I'm glad they addressed that in that movie. <laughs> it always blows my mind when somebody goes to the future, that's not the first thing they do. Wake up call with Tony B and Ron Culver. Weekday mornings from 9 to noon Eastern. Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher starts now on the Sports Map Radio Network. Anyway, without any further ado, let's get this party started. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Two of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM coming to you live from Circa Resort and Casino. Stormy Bonantoni and Jonathan Von Tobel at the desk today. Michael Lombardi getting some vacation time in after a long NFL season. I wanted to correct some of my phrasing from that last segment. The news of the day coming from the combine, not involving medicals or the NFL rumor mill, but rather that uh, a warrant has been issued for the arrest of former Georgia star defensive player Jalen Carter. And we had somebody boots on the ground who's going to join us right now. Patrick Finley, Bears reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times, joins us now from Indy. And obviously, Patrick, Jalen Carter has been connected with the Bears when it comes to this draft process news that stunned i know all of us over the last couple of hours what was that like when the news came down in indy well he was supposed to speak to us at about ten thirty uh at the indianapolis convention center we were kind of gathered about i don't know 10 o'clock 10 05 something like that and, and there was a report from the atlanta journal constitution originally that said this this might be coming and, and then an official statement is put out by the police out there saying that um he that there was a warrant for his arrest uh, for uh, racing and for uh, reckless driving. Uh, he did not show up at the interview, obviously. It sounds like he is making his way home to go deal with that. Uh, it was one of the more bizarre scenes I can recall at the Combine. I've been doing this for 10 years, and, you know, it uh, never has a draft pick this high um, had something like this 